Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Happy Sunday, Shoreline City. Good to see you today. You guys feeling good? Yes? Well, I'm happy that you are here, every last one of you. My name is Earl. have the honor to be the pastor here at Shoreline, and I pray everyone is feeling right at home. A quick announcement for you. We actually are uh, an extension campus for SEU, which is Southeastern University. So you actually can come here to Shoreline and get your four-year degree. Actually, you can get it up to a master's degree. Uh, so we're really, really excited about this partnership because we have an insatiable desire to raise up as many leaders as we possibly can. Uh, so this is not for those who are just thinking, you know, I don't really want to go to school, so I'm going to go to that school. No, we're going to push you hard. It's a fantastic education. If you want some more information about that, I encourage you to check out, uh, go to shorelinecity.church, look us up online. All the information is there, application is there. We're actually starting classes in August, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen with that. Now, we've been in a series called New Wine, and I don't know about you, but my heart has been incredibly encouraged and challenged over the last couple of weeks. Is anybody with me on that one? I have uh, I've felt compelled, uh, challenged. Uh, I've cried a lot. Honestly, I feel like my heart is being ripped out of my chest in the best way possible to help me become who he's asking me to be. And I, I just pray uh, that you are, you're experiencing the same grace and love and, and challenge that I'm experiencing. And if you're here with us for the first time, maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, you can uh, hop online or go to our podcast, go to uh, any place where uh, go to our app even and download all the messages and we'd love to get you up to speed because I think God would really have something for you that'll help you become who he's calling you uh, to be. Uh, in this series, we've really had a, a time of, there's been what I'll call for lack of a better term, a prophetic edge to it. And by prophetic, I mean an announcement, like, like a cutting, uh, a declaration and, and, and you'll see this all throughout Scripture. I'm even reminded when the church got started in Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter stands up and he preaches a very prophetic message. It's, it's cutting. It's a declaration. It's an announcement about what God is doing in this moment. And the people hear what is being said, and they respond by announcing to Peter and the other apostles, tell us what we need to do next, okay? Okay. I'm being challenged. My heart is being ripped apart in the best way possible. Tell me what I need to do next. There was a mixture of the prophetic and the practical. And I don't think it's an either or scenario. So today we're, we're going to have that mixture, if you will. There, there is a piece of, of the cutting, but there's also this practical piece where I'm going to try to uh, unwrap for us what it looks like to walk out what God is trying to do in our hearts and in our lives. So at the end of this message, I actually have a list, and I never have lists. So some of you are like, finally, because I have the hardest time taking notes when you're up there. With all of that being said, we've been using words like crushing. We've been using words like pressing. Uh, we've been using words like shaping and molding. Uh, this is the imagery, the language that we have been walking through. Uh, again, remember, if you and I avoid the crushing, I think we actually avoid our calling as well. 
You and I do not get to become who God is calling us to be if we choose to avoid the crushing. Whenever God is calling you to something, there is a part of you that needs to die. I didn't think I was going to get a big amen on that one. There's a part of you and I that has to go. There's a part of you and I that has to be set to the side. And if it's not set to the side, I think it hinders our calling. I, I, I probably would say it like this as well. Uh, wherever area in your life you choose to avoid the crushing, not only do you avoid the calling, but you, you actually diminish what God can do in and through you in that particular area. You're announcing, God, I'm done with you working here. You can work in every other area, but you can't work here. My wife is my best friend, okay? I love her so much. 21 years we've been married. It's gone by like this. She is still the finest woman I've ever met in my entire life. She's a sexy piece of dark chocolate. I'm holding on to her for the rest of my life for sure. She is a, a wonderful wife, loving mother, fantastic leader and pastor. I just, I, I'm so, so thankful for her. She is a modern day girl boss. There is no doubt about that at all. And people have been kind enough to say great things about our marriage. And I, I really, really appreciate that. But with people saying so many wonderful things about our marriage, please understand, we did not get here because we're perfect. We got here because we were pressed. We got here because we were crushed. <laughs> we got here because God has been removing from us the things that need to be removed out of us so that we can be the type of one, the type of union he is calling us to be. And if you and I want to, we will say, oh, I, I want a great marriage, but you don't want to go through the cutting. You don't want to go through the pressing. You don't want to go through the challenges. Then you don't really want a great marriage. What you want is a great Instagram post. And having a great Instagram post is very different than having a great marriage. Because on an Instagram post, you can put a filter on there and you can change the background. You can do whatever you want to do with an iPhone 37. You can... You can make it what you want it to look like. As a matter of fact, we've got one of our dearest friends. He's a plastic surgeon. Uh, he's a great, great guy, and he helps people because some people, they need it. So he, he has helped many a people, but understand this. You and I can change the outside. We can change our outfits. We can go to a designer. We can get, we can get styled. You, you can get all the outside stuff. But if you want your soul to be changed, a surgeon does not do that. And a new outfit does not do that. That must be done by the hand of Almighty God. Your creator has to be the one to get there on the inside of you and make you who he is calling you to be. And if you and I want to avoid that, then I'm telling you, you're just avoiding your calling. We don't get to pick and choose on this one. And I don't want a church that, that is great with goosebumps, but we're not okay with the cutting. We want, want to sing songs that just make us feel real good, but then whenever it comes time to the rubber meeting the road and God is calling on us to step fully into who he is asking us to be, I, I need us to be a church that says yes to that part as well. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Again, we've been using words like pressing and crushing and discipline and all these words 
Today I want to look at another word for just a little bit. It's the word fire. The word threshing floor. Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 18, the people were waiting expectantly. We're all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chafe with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. Let, let me just take this quick, uh, a quick little commercial break, just, just real quick from this passage of scripture. And I love that John the Baptist here, and his last name is not the Baptist, okay? Uh, or like John the Methodist or John the Catholic. It's because he was baptizing a whole bunch. So that's how he, he got that name. So John uh, the Baptist here, who is the cousin of Jesus, he has 148,000 Instagram followers. People are celebrating him. He has a huge fan page on Facebook. Facebook. Everybody wants to be around him and they are coming to him and they are saying, John, oh, I think you're the one. I think you're the one. You're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for. And John has a spiritual fortitude. He has the understanding of who he is and who he is not and who Christ is to say, I'm not the one that you're looking for. I'm just here to prepare the way for someone else. I pray we would be a church that when people are trying to pump your head up and say, you're the most gifted at this, you you can sing better than anybody. You're more talented than anybody. You're the best leader I've ever seen. You can administrate better than anyone. You are so gifted and talented in this area and that area. When everyone is trying to pump us up, I pray we would be like John the Baptist and say, just so you know, it is not about me. I'm just here trying to point as many people as possible to the one who's way more powerful than I. I'm just baptizing you with water, but somebody else is coming on the scene and he's got more power in his pinky finger than I have in my whole life. I want you to be thinking about Jesus. John the Baptist here is just a master saying, not me, him. Not me, him. Our generation is great at going, not him, me. Not him, me. And I just, it just needs to be flipped. It will help you to be the type of single person God is calling you to be. Help you to be the type of employer you want to be when you do not try, you don't get your worth and your value from the praise and the accolades of man. I encourage you, be as talented as you possibly can be. Go as far as you can go. You playing small does no one any favors. If God gave you capacity to reach a million, then please reach a million people. And if he gave you capacity to reach 50, then go ahead and reach the 50. I want you to be all that he called you to be. But at the end of the day, it is not about your name and it's about not about my name. It's not about our fame and about our glory. It is about the person of Jesus Christ. And John was just there to keep on pointing everyone he possibly could to the Savior. And that's your call as well. That's why your marriage isn't about you. It's not. You're getting so aggravated with your spouse. I wish she would get this. I wish he would get this. It's not even about you. 
God brought you together, he gave you that wife or gave you that husband because he's trying to be, he's trying to use your life to be a light to the world. And you're over here squabbling about toothpaste. Okay. And God is trying to get people to see the, the story and the beauty of how he brought two people together. I, I'm, I'm talking too long about all of this here. So, so that, that, that's, that's John uh, the Baptist here. So he, the, the scriptures go down. As John is talking, John says, somebody more powerful than I is coming. I, I can't even untie his shoes, let alone tie him. I can't untie him. Like once they're on his feet, I can't even touch him. So he's, he says that he, when he shows up... <laughs> I got some good news for you. He's going to gab, grab all the wheat. He's going to bring it in. And he's going to throw it down on the threshing floor. Then he's going to be walked on. Then he's going to throw you up in the air. And all the chafe is going to go away. And the good stuff is going to fall. And he's going to take all that bad stuff. He's going to burn it up with fire. Good news. <laughs> good news. Why is it good news? My, um, we, we have three kids, and uh, I remember when we found out we were pregnant with our first. Oh, man, it was, it was fantastic. You know, uh, we removed all goalies. You know, we were married seven years. You know, all, the, all of our friends were like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Because that's what happens. Whenever you're single, they're like, when are you going to get married? And after you get married, they're like, when are you going to have kids? After you have your first kid, like, when are you going to have your second kid? So it just keeps going on and on. Nobody's ever satisfied. <laughs> so we, we, we find out we're pregnant, and we are so excited. Okay, we are fired up. When we had our first, we weren't doing all these crazy gender reveal parties, okay, that are going on today. Nowadays, y'all are getting out of control with the gender reveal parties. Can we just say that right now? Can we just say it's too much pressure for a parent to have to get a pink unicorn and a blue unicorn and figure out when they're going to walk out, it's just too much. Well, anyway, we, we discover uh, we're pregnant. But whenever you find out you're pregnant, there's lots of celebration. Everyone's happy for you. They are saying congratulations. And it's absolutely beautiful. But whenever you find out you're pregnant, you are also signing up for pain. It's one and the same. You don't get to celebrate being pregnant and think you will have no pain. It doesn't work that way. You're signing up to be uncomfortable. Ladies, help me out here. I've never been pregnant, pregnant, but you're signing up to be uncomfortable here. You're signing up for someone to take over your body. You're signing up for people to be rude to you. <laughs> you're signing up. People walk up to Onika. Oh, man, you're pregnant. Oh, my goodness. Your nose. It's getting so wide. For the record, guys, you never walk up to a lady and you ask her if she's pregnant. You never do it. I don't care if her belly is out there to Mars. You do not walk up to a woman and say, are you pregnant? This is what I do. This is going to be free for you. I say, hey, you got anything exciting on the horizon? (laughs) And if she says nothing about a baby... I say nothing about a baby. (laughs) 
But if she says, oh, you're probably talking about this, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you look beautiful. Hey, then, then that's permission, okay? So that was free right there. You're signing up for pain. You're signing up. For, for my wife and I, we had to have an emergency C-section with our first. His, his heart rate was going down with every contraction, so the, the doctor uh, saw this, and she decided she had to take him out uh, quickly. So we're in the operating room, and in order to get out the promise that was put in her, the doctor had to cut her to get out the promise that was in her. If we did not allow the doctor to cut, then the promise would stay on the inside. But the promise was never meant to stay on the inside. The promise was always meant to be on the outside. But if you don't, if we say, no, no, no cutting, no cutting, no cutting, then our promise would have died on the inside. What is it that God is trying to get out of you? What has he put on the inside of you? What is your call? What is your destiny? What is the plan and the purpose that he has for you? Whenever something is in you that God has given you, he is always wanting to take that thing out. And it does not come out pretty, okay? It comes out hard and fast and it's messy and there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of pain. But there is a lot of joy on the other side of it because there's life on the inside of you. What is God trying to get out of you and you and I are just steady holding on come on be okay with the cutting be okay with the cutting be okay that the farmer goes out and he sees the wheat out there and he picks the wheat and the wheat has good stuff and bad stuff connected to it it has stuff that the farmer wants and stuff that the farmer does not want but he still picks it it has stuff that the farmer wants and stuff that the farmer doesn't want, but he still picks it. So God's not looking for perfect people to pick, okay? He's looking for available people. He's looking for his sons and his daughters to pick. So you don't have to have it all together to be picked. Here's the truth. Not one of us in this room or listening to me now has it all together. And if you and I would be willing to say, God, take me as I am right now, but don't leave me as I am right now. I give you permission, almighty God, to do your work on the inside of me. So the farmer takes his wheat and he brings it into the threshing floor and he throws it down then he allows oxen to come in if you're feeling walked on right now (laughs) feeling a little bit taken advantage of at times really frustrated at your job Can't stand your roommates. Can't stand your kids. (laughs) When school is difficult, when life is throwing curveballs at you, this is part of the process. Separating the good from the bad. Separating the good from the bad. You're going to find your identity in your grades. You're going to find your identity in me. You're going to find your identity in your relationships. You're going to find your identity in me. Then Jesus has this winnowing fork in his hand. We don't use winnowing forks, but takes his big fork, puts it in, throws everything up. 
the wheat and the chaff, it all goes in the air. And the goal is for the chaff to be blown away and for the good stuff to fall to the ground. So have you ever felt like, My life is out of control. I'm being thrown in the air right now. I hate my job. Ah! I hate where I am in life right now. Why am I in this season? I didn't pray for this. You're right in front of the master. You're right in front of Jesus. And he's there the whole time. And he's doing this to get rid of some stuff that needs to be gotten rid of in your life and to keep the good. Sometimes you and I like to cling too tightly to things that Jesus is trying to blow out of our lives. That man, no, throw me up, Lord, throw me up as many times as you want to. I'm not letting go of this man. You might be sitting next to him right now. Don't look at him. But y'all need to break up. He, he can go He can go to another service, okay? He doesn't have to come to this service. <laughs> Allow God. Is there any part of your life that needs to be off limits to God? Is there any part of your life that you and I should say, no, no, not that, Lord. You can't have my past. I want to hold on to this offense. My dad wasn't there for me. I'm going to hold on to this. This will be my crutch for the rest of my life. Don't remove my crutch from me. This is my crutch. I need everybody to feel sorry for me. You, you can't deal with my sexuality. You can't deal with my money. You can't have my future. You can't have any of this stuff. No, 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 no. My identity is wrapped up in that. God is saying, no, I want your identity to be wrapped up in me. Throws it up. Good stuff comes down. The bad stuff gets burned. This is Christianity. (laughs) And anyone that told you different lied to you. Now, this is not for your salvation. You do not gain salvation going through this process. No, 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 no. That all came from Jesus. That is his finished work on the cross. That is the good news of the gospel that you and I did not earn it. We do not deserve it. We sang about it today. It was his grace and his love that has made us new from the balcony to the floor to everybody watching online right now. It was his grace. You cannot do one thing to add or take away from the finished work of the cross and the empty tomb. We're talking here about the process, what the Bible would call sanctification. The process of being molded and transformed into who he is calling you to be. Your salvation is secure in Christ. Your sanctification is you and I surrendering every day to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can we please be a church that surrenders? So what do we do? What do we do? I'm, I'll make it practical. Okay? I'm going to get real practical here. Okay? How, how do we go through the pressing? How do we go through the crushing? Uh, how do we make it through to the other side so this moment doesn't kill us like we can feel like it's going to kill us at times? I think we follow the example of our Savior Jesus. Here we go in Luke, Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 42. We looked at this passage of scripture last week. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. 
and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Here's the list, okay? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the truths that you need to walk out. That's the title of today's message. Now walk it out. Here's, here's the title. Here's here the truths that you need to walk out what God is trying to do in your heart and in your life. How to make it through the pressing and the crushing. Number one, friends. Friends. Now, here is Jesus in this garden, in this pressing place. And he brings his disciples with him. But his disciples don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. As a matter of fact, some of them fall asleep. Here is Jesus in one of the most intense moments of his life and his friends are over here sleeping have you ever felt that in your friendships you you are feeling so crushed so challenged so inspired and depleted all at the same time and your friend wants to talk about Fortnite, and you're like i'm not even there right now right now I'm trying to figure out what is going on with me right now. God is shaping me and molding me and making me into who he wants me to be. I don't have time for the petty things. And the, the, the temptation is I'm going to leave everyone who doesn't get it because I get it. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus even brings the ignorant people along with him. <laughs> he brings some that are able to at least be in the vicinity, even though they might not totally get it. Don't isolate yourself when you're going through the pressing. Don't isolate yourself when you're going through the crushing. Don't disconnect yourself from the family of God. This is why we celebrate connect groups here so much. This is why we are all about us being in each other's lives and being on serving teams. Uh, Nate and Sarah Lowe, some of you uh, will know them. They are a beautiful couple uh, in our church family, and they serve with such beautiful hearts. Yeah, you can clap for them for sure. They are absolute gifts to us. And, and, and what they have done in this church to push the vision forward has absolutely inspired me, my wife, and so many others. But but Sarah's mom right now is in Houston, and, and she's battling cancer again. She's about to go in for surgery, and I think it's a form of lymphoma, if I'm remembering correctly. And it's just intense whenever someone you love is going through that type of a battle. Well, Sarah's sisters are a part of the church as well, and Sarah sent Onika a text saying, um, I know my sisters went to church, but I didn't know they were in a connect group because their connect group leader, Drove down to Houston because the connect group leader's mom lives in Houston and the connect group leader and her mom baked cookies and then brought them to the hospital for us, gave us the cookies and then prayed for us while we're there in the hospital. That's what friends do when you're going through the pressing. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. This is a story in the book of Daniel. Chapter three, these guys thrown into the furnace. And they're in it together. Sometimes you've got some friends that are just in that fire with you. 
announcing to you, reminding you who you are, that God is on your side, that he has not forgotten about you, that he's not mad at you, that he is fighting battles, that he's purifying you and cleansing you right now. And you cannot get off of the potter's wheel as we talked about last week. You got to stay right there and allow his grace to keep on working in you and cutting you so he can get out of you what he put on the inside of you. You got to have some friends that are willing to go through that fire with you. I want to be that type of friend and I want you to be that type of friend because when you're going through that type of fire, You might cuss a little bit. Can we keep it real for a second? And if you've never felt the desire to cuss when you've been going through a difficult time, it just hasn't been difficult enough yet. That's all that means. Because when it's hard enough, you're praying and cussing in the same sentence. And it doesn't intimidate God one bit. And you need to have some friends in your life that go, I can take your cussing, but I still believe in you. I can take your fears, but I still believe in you. And I'm going to remind you who God says that you are. That's friends. And next is prayer. We see here in Luke chapter 22, we see prayer. Prayer is not just talking. Prayer is listening as well. Can I give you this? Let me give you this this, this little gem. I encourage you to get a journal. I encourage you to. And I encourage you to sit down in a time of prayer and write out your prayer. Write it out. Just what's in your heart. Just just write it. What do you want to say to God? Then I, I dare you to pause and say, God, what are you saying to me? And begin to write that underneath your prayer. It'll be a profound spiritual exercise for you because you and I need this gift of prayer. If Jesus used it, is anyone in here Jesus? If Jesus chose to pray in his hardest time, why are we scrolling through Instagram during our toughest times? Go to MSNBC if you want to. Go to CNN if you want to. Go to Fox News if you want to. Go to NPR if you want to. You can do all Bleacher Report. Go where you want to go. Go to ESPN.com if you want to. But I'm telling you what you need is not found in any of those media outlets. What you need will be found in the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. That is where our focus ought to be. And let me just say this real quick so I can get all done. You need to know the power of prayer is not in the method. Sounding you being really loud or really contemplative. You don't have to be loud. It's just me and Jesus. So since I'm so chilled. No, no, no. It's not, it's not chill or loud. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. The power of prayer is not in the method. The power of prayer is in the character of God. It is found in him. And too many of us are thinking the power in prayer is our eloquence or our understanding of all of the scriptures or how loud or how quiet we can be or how long that we pray. But none of the power is found in any of that. The power is found in the goodness and the character of God. And because he is who the word of God says he is, that's why he does what God does. Not because you and I have some formula. Last but certainly not least, and I'm done, is obey. Friends, prayer, obey. 
You can't get around this word, okay? I'm not talking about the clothing line. I'm talking about you and I doing what God asks us to do. When you and I sing songs, it's good. It's healthy. It prepares a soil of our hearts. But do not confuse worship meaning singing and thinking obedience is not worship. You and I need to do what God is asking us to do. Does it make God love you more? Does it make you more of a spiritual elitist? No, not at all. I'm talking about you and I surrendering everything. Here's, here's my last verse. Here's my last verse. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. I always read this, folks in the balcony. I always read this verse, and I read it like this. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. Like, if you really love me, you'd be doing what I say to do. That's why I always read it. But I don't think that's how it's supposed to be read. I think Jesus is saying here, if you love me, the commands flow. If you love me, the commands aren't a barrier to you. When our relationship is strong, the commands flow. I have a command, if you will, to not cheat on my wife. She has a command to not cheat on me. We said these vows together. We do not walk around like, can't cheat on my spouse, can't cheat on my spouse, can't cheat on my spouse. No. We love each other so much. Keeping that command just flows out of our love for each other. And so many of us are trying to keep the commands of God, but have not yet basked in the love of God and have not given our love back to him. No wonder the commands are burdensome to you. It's because it's not based in love. It's based in law. Whenever your relationship with God is based in law, you suck the life out of it. The letter kills. The Spirit brings life. Friends, prayer, obey. We do this, church family, you'll get through the pressing. Because why are you going through it right now? It's because there are some more lives on the other side of your obedience. I'm so glad we had a Savior that said, not my will, but yours be done. Can we be those, those types of people as well that will say, not my will, God, but yours be done. Not my will, but, but yours be done. No matter what it costs me. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all done here, okay? Uh, but one last story is my, my wife sharing today about a lot of the pain that we went through in, in launching this church and all the moving of houses and the spiritual warfare and the tears and the questions and the concerns and the doubts and the loneliness and it was very very real 
and you think, okay, you just go through that once. You never have to go through any more pain. Okay, done. But it's just not the case. We had to go through that pressing to get where we are. But we have to go through the current pressing to get to where we're supposed to be. So this is a cycle of grace. It's a rhythm of grace. And if you don't understand the song and the rhythm, you will think something wrong is being played. But nothing wrong is being played. It's God right now just trying to teach you. Cha-cha. I don't even know how. Cha-cha. Just trying to teach you how to walk with him. How to flow with him. And if you're in a season right now, there's no pressing going on. Congratulations. But it's coming. And why is it coming? It's because there are people. There are marriages, single people, young people, old people, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, tall people, young people, Native American. There are people all over the world that need what God put on the inside of you. Let's let him cut and mold and shape us and form us into who he is calling us to be. That's the type of church we are called to be. Are you guys with me on this? If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads just for a moment, just for a moment. If you are here today under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him number one, you've never made him first in your life, I'm not asking, have you been to church? I'm not asking, do you have a Bible? I'm not even asking if you were baptized. I'm asking, have you surrendered your heart and your life to the finished work of Jesus Christ? What he did on the cross for your sins and mine. If you've never surrendered, if you've never put him first, today is your day. Just so you know, he brought you here to this moment. And that yearning you have in your heart to surrender to him, it's not even you. It's him giving you that desire in the first place. So would you respond to his grace and his love? Would you respond today and say, Jesus, no longer my way, your way. Maybe there was a time you were walking on his path, but you've gone another direction. But you're here today under the sound of my voice. You're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. If that is you, I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something incredibly bold. Literally on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put it in the air. You're saying, yes, that is me. This hand's going up all over here. People saying, yes, I want to put Jesus first in my life. People saying, I don't want to go my own way. Come on, get in on this prayer. This is God actually drawing you close. It has nothing to do with emotion in this moment. This is the grace of God drawing you close. I'm going to ask everyone to put your hand over your heart. If you would not mind, put your hand over your heart. I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Every person say, dear Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in Christ and impact this world. Love you, church.